Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the lovely podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 46, and we are going to take a look at a short one. It's called The Associated Actors and Artists of America. But first of all, I want to give a big shout out to my listeners. So here we go. Uh New York, Oklahoma, Texas, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Virginia, and Rhode Island. You guys are awesome. And I just want to make a note here. New York, I am greatly impressed with you. And here's why. Typically when people from Oklahoma think of the really far north, which would be New York and some other states up there, we typically don't think that they care about the central part of the United States because Oklahoma is known as being um located in the Bible Belt. So I'm really impressed with you guys. Like it really warms my heart to see that there are liberal states listening into this podcast because that shows me that you really care. And I think that's wonderful because we have such a wonderful country. And I will say this, New Yorkers, the ones that I have met, are some of the most loyal people I have ever met. Just the ones that I've met here in Oklahoma, even though we we kind of have this different viewpoint of New York because you guys are so far away from us in terms of the actual fiscal state. And sometimes all we hear in Oklahoma is that you guys are crazy liberals and you have high taxes and a lot of your people there if they are successful, they are really getting getting drowned in tax hikes and so they end up leaving and going to Florida. And so if we hear all this stuff, some of it we know is true, others we're just kind of taking it with a grain of salt. But I will say this, When New Yorkers go to bat for you, they really mean it. They are tough. They have thick skin. Like I remember meeting this one guy in college. He was from um New York and he had this real thick New Yorker accent and it just when I first heard him talking in class, it hurt my ears because <laughs> we were not used to that accent at all. But he was very um loud, very vocal, but in a kind way. It's just, you know, he's from I guess he called it the pizza district or something, but he was man, he couldn't stand the pizza that we had here in Oklahoma. I mean, he was offended. <laughs> so, maybe that's why he was so loud. He was very disappointed that we really liked Pizza Hut cuz he goes, "You guys don't know pizza. This is crazy. This is not real pizza. You need to go to New York." Like he was seriously that intense. I wish I could do his accent. Maybe if I practice I could, but I just want to say thank you so much New York for listening in. You guys are so awesome and wonderful. It just really impresses me to see you here and that just it just makes me smile and I'm I'm really happy to see that. But anyway, let's go ahead and move on uh with this lovely podcast. Again, it is a short one, but it's interesting. Okay, so again, this is the Associated Actors and Artists of America. It says the key people is Gabrielle Cateris. She is the president. They have affiliations with AFL-CIO, and it doesn't list how many members, and here is why. They have like four or five different unions within this this associated one, and I'm kind of confused as to why, because it, it's it's a trade union, but you have all these other unions and groups that are coming up underneath this umbrella, but it doesn't look like to me they're being represented very well by the associated artists and artists of America. So that concerns me right there. As much as I'm not always a fan of unions, I do think that if you're going to be in a union and that if there is going to be a union in terms of crafts and trades and things like this, that everybody get equal representation and that it be very obvious that you're being represented and being represented fully. 
you know, to the best of their ability, and I'm not seeing it here. So that concerns me a lot. So let's go ahead and get started on this. It says the Associated Actors and Artists of America, it's called the 4As, uh, was established in 1919, so really far back. It says it's the Federation of Trade Unions for Performing Artists in the United States. The following unions belong to the 4As. The Actors Equity Association, which we've read about that one, the American Guild of Musical Artists, the American Guild of Variety Artists, the Guild of Italian American Actors, and the Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. So technically there's five even though they call it the 4As. So that's a little confusing with that. Um but anyway, it says the organization is a member of the AFL-CIO. The 4As split its votes in AFL-CIO elections based on the wishes of each member union. The current uh, 4A member unions of the AFL are AEA, AGMA, GIG, sorry, GIAA, and SAG-AFTRA. So it looks like SAF AFTRA is what it looks like. The well-known performer and civil rights activist Theodore Bickel or Bickel, B-I-K-E-L, was president of the 4As until his death in 2015. On June 1st, 2014, Department for Professional Employees AFL-CIO took over administrative functions of the 4As as as per an April 15, 2014 agreement between the DPE and the 4As. I find that very suspicious because I kind of feel like they're selling out their membership. There's just something that doesn't seem right about that. So even though I'm not a huge fan of unions, I think that you should still have rights and they should be protected regardless of whether you are in a union or not. I just feel like you're you're losing your representation with this. And that really concerns me like whenever you see the department for professional employees, I'm not always a fan of stuff that says the department because it just reminds me of like the HR department. It's <laughs> what it reminds me of. And very few people have a pleasant experience with HR departments. I mean, if you are listening and you are actually in an HR department and you love your job, you love your job and you do a really good job, that's great. God bless you. Love you. That's wonderful. Um but I'm I'm looking at it from a point of view that it's very rare I hear good things about HR departments. So it's very rare that I see good things when it comes to whenever something says the department for blah blah blah, the department of da da da. It it doesn't always give me a very good feeling because I've seen uh I've seen different organizations drop the ball. I've seen different organizations have corruption with this. and it just kind of seems like whenever you have the department of XYZ or the department for XYZ it seems like there's a lot of bureaucracy and the more bureaucracy you have the, the less you're focusing on the fundamentals of your organization whether it's a union or an association or just a everyday mom and pop shop i mean that that's the thing like focus on the basics and the essentials and then build from there so what concerns me about this right off the bat is that first of all they don't even list the numbers here. And even though I can go in and click on each individual union, I can add up the numbers, it really concerns me that it's not blatantly obvious and easily accessible just the basic information that we have seen available with other unions and other associations. So that concerns me with monies and here's why. Usually The more members you have, the more monies you have because they pay union dues. It doesn't discuss that at all. That to me is very shady. So I think it's very concerning that this particular association or it's a trade union actually, but um this one 
it's not really being forthcoming and there's not much information out there so i think it's very suspicious whenever you have an organization or an association or a trade union or a labor union whatever word you want to use i think it's very suspicious when they're taking on these other groups but yet they don't make it easily available or easily accessible to know the numbers talk about how you become a member talk about you know how are they using their monies how are they using funds things of that nature that really concerns me with that just that's just a big red flag in terms of like thinking out from an auditor point of view and a staff accountant point of view that really gets my attention because it makes me go okay something's funky here already just right up front it's already funky so then it goes on to say as part of the agreement AGVA and GIAA affiliated with the DPE. So they're making all these affiliations, but there's not really a lot out there in terms of legality to document all of this. It's really kind of weird. So this is AGMA, already a DPE affiliate, AGVA and GIAA remain AFL CIO affiliates through the 4As. So it's almost like they're splitting up and coming back together and they're just moving stuff around. That gets my attention because it comes down to misappropriation of funds. That may not be happening, but I could easily see it happening. And here's why: whenever something's not obvious as to why something's happening, it's like that tells me something's being hidden. And it's one of those things like whenever you have, you know, say for example, you you donate to a charity. Okay, there are certain charities that I that I donate to, whether every month or every year, whatever the case may be. A really good charity will, will give you a a review of the year, basically of the minutes, the notes per se, and then like the the financial report of the organization. So that way you know what's going on as a contributor of that organization. Well, just up front, this particular one does not look very good because it looks like they're being secretive. Now I do know that sometimes there there are documents that do need to remain private. I understand that. You know, I I'm perfectly okay with that. There are things that are legal that need to stay private. I get that, but there's a lot that's not being shown here and that's not easily accessible, but yet they're claiming to have all these other groups underneath their umbrella. Well, it's kind of like a shady umbrella. I that really concerns me because I think again when you are a part of of an organization you need to know what their intent is and i just don't feel like their intentions are very good it just doesn't look good from a from a surface level much less like digging down deeper because they've hidden a lot of stuff so that also tells me they don't want people to know where they donate their funds like is it going to the democratic party the republican party what is their political platform like what are their true intentions and if i had to guess If I were to actually interview anyone from this, which mind you, none of these people have ever reached out to me, <laughs> so that's okay. I'm not offended. I've got things to do, but still, um, what I find interesting is that it's like it's like they it's like they fly under the radar, but then if you ask them a question, I guarantee you what will happen is it's like well they're they're just part of our association. They're part of our our union. If you want to know what they personally believe, you need to reach out to them. Meaning the, these other groups that are uh, under the umbrella of this particular union. Well, that doesn't cut the bread or or spread the butter for me. Because I think that whenever you incorporate someone in your group, you need to know who they are. And also, why do you want them in your group? And and you know, how did you get how did you recruit them? 
Like, like what's the real definitive measure behind it? It's not just, oh, we're inclusive or, or we, we like to include other people in our group or we really believe in what they believe in. But it's like, okay, that's great that you believe in other people, but what do you personally believe in? Like what are, what are your agendas? What are your platforms? I can't find anything that talks about their platforms, what they believe in, what they do with their monies, nothing. Zero, zip, nada, as they say. So then it goes on to say the other two 4A members, AEA, and SAG, AFTRA, previously received direct charters from the AFL-CIO. DPE President Saul Almeida became the Executive Secretary of the 4As. So I find that very suspicious, and here's why. So you have a, a, a person by the name of Paul Almeida. He's, he's, he's a president of the DPE, but now he's also becoming the Executive Secretary of the Associate Actors and Artists of America. That concerns me because I think that things should be separate. I really do because I think that when you start, it kind of reminds me of these people that I've met over the years that they're on multiple boards and it's not like they really care. It's more about money because we've talked about this in previous podcasts where I'm not always a fan of people or, or I'll put it this way. I don't always believe in the true intention or the, the so-called intentions of like these foundations and these boards, especially if people are on multiple boards and if they're paid, uh, paid board memberships or if they're paid board uh, jobs. Because, you know, it's like sometimes they can make $50,000 to $150,000 a year per board that they're on. Like they get all these, you know, that they serve on. They get all these perks and it's like, okay, you know, It kind of reminds me of when, I remember when Facebook first came out. It was initially just for college kids to, to meet up and to have study groups. That's initially what it was for. So, but it was always odd. I remember this. It was always odd when someone had more than like 10 or 15 friends on Facebook. Now you have people that have over, eight, over 800 or 1,000 friends. I'm like, you can't seriously know those people really well. Like you can maybe have a few really good friends that you know really well and that you hang out with, but all these other people, you don't really know them. Well, it's the same thing when you have people that serve on multiple boards and they overlap in all these different organizations. You can't tell me they really care and they really know what's going on because literally there's only so much that you and I can, there's only so much you and I can take in in terms of our brain function. I mean, I have no doubt that, I'm probably listening to the cream of the crop or the, the people that are listening to my podcast are the cream of the crop of, of this country and you guys really care and you're really successful, all those wonderful things. And if you're not, don't worry about it. You can always do great and wonderful things in your life. But my point is this. It doesn't matter what our intelligence level is. It doesn't matter how we were raised or where we're going or what we do. Our, our brain is pretty much the same in terms of how it takes in data and stores it. So literally there's only so much a person can do in a day. So whenever I see that someone is serving within pretty much the same industry or field, but they're serving on all these different boards and different groups, I get suspicious. Because the more you overextend yourself, the less you have of yourself to give to each organization. I mean, I hope that makes sense. It's almost like when people have way too many hobbies. It's like just have one or two that you're really good at and that you really love to do. Whenever I meet people that have way too many hobbies, they almost always suck at all of them because they're, because they're not investing enough time and energy 
and talent into just one of them. So pretty much they're not good at any of their hobbies because they're not able to literally invest time and energy and their skill sets into each of those hobbies. That's what it reminds me of. So that that gets my attention really quick with things like this. So it lists some of the officers here. It says at the 4A's convention on December 2nd, 2015, the following 4A officers were elected. The president is Jason McMillan. He is SAG AFTRA. The first vice president, they have a lot of vice presidents and this is very shady. This this is really weird. They've got like 1 2 3 4 5 vice presidents. Here's why that is shady to me. Can you imagine if we had 5 vice presidents dealing with the presidency in the United States? That makes no sense. That's like having more than one prime minister in Great Britain like that is dumb. Like you don't need that many. I think that that title it, it's so watered down if you have so many people with the same title. It's just kind of like why would you have that many? And it doesn't matter if they're from different organizations. It's like the the title vice president typically she should only be given to one person. And it shouldn't matter necessarily what organization they're in in terms of this, but it's really shady to me that they have that many offices and, and it reminds me of when uh President George Bush, the second one. Um pretty sure he was the one that started the whole Czar's thing. Like he has a czar for this, a czar for that. So he has these people that he appoints. And I was like, really? We're going to act like um, Russia before it, it fell and became communist. We're going to act like Russia and, and use the word czar. Like that is so un-American. It's weird. I just thought, you know, I think using 9/11 as an excuse to create homeland security and then create all these czars. I think it really showed how the Bush family really thinks about themselves. I think I think we saw and this really disappoints me and I I am a Republican saying this. So, you know, I don't know how you want to take that, but it it really shocked me what I woke up to in regards to the Bush family. And I'm sure they're great people. I'm sure they're nice and kind. Um there are some things I really like that uh, both President Bush's did. There are some things I don't like they they that I don't like that they did. Excuse me, I'm talking too fast. It's like my brain is working way faster than my mouth wants to move because I'm trying to speak slowly for the podcast so that way I don't overtalk. Um but it really concerned me that we had a Republican president create these positions of power that we didn't always know that they were created first of all. We didn't know that they really didn't get vetted properly. We didn't know what their wages were going to be. They were definitely overpaid. It was horrible. And so we had all this stuff being done in secret. Well, that's not the Republican way. That's not even the the, the democracy way. It just isn't. Like that's what communists and fascists do. They do stuff in secret so that you don't know their true intentions. Well, we should have never been acting like that as a country. and especially the president of the United States. He should have never been creating that stuff. And so what really woke me up to that, and I know this is a side note, but I think it's a good one to mention here, is that the Bush family kind of almost acted like the Kennedy family. And that they're all powerful. They think they should have these positions of power and they can do what they want. And so we have an example of this. I think it's Jeb Bush, uh, one of uh, George Bush's brothers, when he ran for president. his 
some of the people in his family were just angry at the American people that he didn't win. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's a schlub. Like I was impressed with him at all. He just came across as a very weak, inferior candidate, and I just kind of felt like he, I don't know, there was something about him that it just made me feel like he just married a Latina just so he could be more socially acceptable. I, I don't know, it just kind of that really bugged me when he started acting and not acting, but speaking in Spanish on the political platform whenever they were having the debates. And I was like, "Oh, so now because how were this like it just kind of felt like he was using his wife's hispanic ancestry in speaking spanish just to try and fool hispanic voters well i'm white i'm white as can be probably but i'm white and i wasn't falling for that at all his spanish sucked and i just he just came ac- across as weak and wimpy but what i thought was weird and really disappointed me in terms of of the bush family Um they acted like aristocrats is what they acted like to me. Like I think his his family thought that he deserved to be president because they've had other people in their family be president. Well, I'm sorry, you don't deserve an office. You earn that office. It doesn't matter what family you come from. You earn it. You don't deserve it, you earn it. And you earn it by being true to the American people and and you show your true colors and I think the reason why Jeb Bush did not get the presidency was because he stupidly showed his true colors <laughs> and showed that he was not a good candidate like whenever he would talk be like no please don't talk please you're making the Republican party look so bad get somebody else up there please yeah it really disappoints me but um there're just some things that you have to be careful about whenever you're dealing with a title such as president or vice president especially in organizations and in this one they have five vice presidents like can you imagine if if Kamala Harris had four other vice presidents to deal with while trying to help Joe Biden with stuff i mean like that would just be insane it it's stupid so i always find it interesting when organizations they don't follow the proper model of how to really run a successful organization because you know, I'll give an example like I've been a part of women's groups I'm sure you're probably surprised by that but um because I'm not always a fan of being around a bunch of women um but anyway cuz to me it always sometimes always ends up being about talking about their kids their their pap smears or their nails or it just to me sometimes turns into a hen and cackle club and I don't like that it gives me a headache it almost reminds me of like a sorority house but I will say this I have been a part of some women um organizations that they were run really well. And the reason why they were run really well was because they had one president, they had one vice president, they had one secretary, they had one treasurer, like they had like they followed I'm trying to remember what the name of that model is that um you know like someone records the minutes. I'll have to look it up, but that is a great model to use. And when you follow a business model, guess what? you're not going to get sidetracked, you're not going to have a weird meeting and if something funky does come up, if you're following it in a professional manner, then whenever something funky comes up, it's not going to deter your organization, it's not going to sideline it. So I already get suspicious with this particular organization because they they have way too many vice presidents. So the first vice president is David White 
and he is an SAG AFTRA. The second vice president is Mary McCall. She is an AEA. The third vice president is Suzanne Doris. She is an AGVA delegate. The fourth vice president is Deborah Alton. That's interesting. Deborah Alton Mayor. She is a AGMA delegate. The fifth vice president is Carson Grant, and he is GIAA. The treasurer is Mary Lou uh, Westerfield, and she is an AEA. Then you have the executive secretary, and that is Paul E. Almeida, and he is in DPE. So there are just some things that kind of concern me with this one: the lack of information, um, the lack of transparency. I find that very suspicious, and they can use an excuse all day saying, "Well, we have these other organizations underneath our umbrella, and if you want that information, go to them." That's a cop out. We all know that. That's just a way to filibuster, as they say. But here's the thing: this particular um, trade union or association, whatever you want to call it, it's it's not really what it's claiming to be. And it's so weird because it was started in 1919. Like you would think that if it was started that long ago, it would have a huge amount of information available about it. But there's like hardly anything. Like it doesn't say where they were founded. It doesn't talk about their conventions. It doesn't talk about you know the the agendas that they have, the causes that they support. Um, it ta- doesn't talk about donations. It doesn't talk about. really important things that we have seen with other organizations and other trade unions and labor unions so this one kind of gets a, a a low score on my tally here um i would say if i had to give it like a between a 1 and a 5 you know let's say we're rating these like hotels maybe i should do that maybe I, maybe i should form my own little rating system and see what this pans out but i would give them a a 1 or 1 or 2 because I, i'm just not impressed with it I think that when they don't have transparency, that concerns me greatly because you're dealing with people. You're probably dealing with a lot of people considering how many different organizations are under their umbrella and it's not just four. So you've got all these members that are a part of this and they're affiliated with the AFL-CIO and and they can't tell their numbers. They can't say how many numbers they have, they can't say how how much they have in funds, like they don't even say where they're headquartered. So it's kind of like if you if you want to contact them or let's say you want to make a donation to them. Let's say you want to send them money because they did something really nice for you. You have no way of sending them any money. That is really weird because organizations love money. They just do. So I just wonder if this is just um what do they call it? like a shell company? Like it looks like a company but it's really not. It's empty. So that gets my attention really quick because I just wonder if they would even pass an audit. I don't think they would. If anything I bet they would try and get out of it. Big time. That would be my guess, but that's just my impression of this. And believe me, I love to look for good things with people, places and things and all that awesome stuff. It warms my heart whenever people do something kind for somebody else and do charity work and things like that, but it doesn't even list the stuff that they love to support. You know, like help people get out of poverty, you know, help like have a reading program, you know, or you know, send money to some African orphanage or something like that. Like you would think that they would want people to know who they are and what they do but it's like they don't really want people to know 
When someone doesn't want to know or when someone doesn't want other people to know who they really are, they don't want other people to know how they operate. That's what that tells me. And if they don't want people to know how they operate, that tells me it's probably not always the best operation to follow. So that's why I get really concerned with that. But anyway, that's it on this one. So let me see what the next one will be. So that is the Associated Actors Artiste of America. All right. So we might have a couple for the next time. American Guild of Musical Artists, we might have already done that one because I think there was one that was like professional musicians or something. Let me look at my list here. It was the American Federation of Musicians. That's what I'm thinking of. So we might go ahead and do this one, the American Guild of Musical Artists. And then if that one's already been technically squished into another one cuz sometimes they overlap then we might do the American Guild of Variety Artists and that one it kind of reminds me of like vaudeville if it's variety because if you think about like variety shows things like that which means there's different types of talents it almost reminds me of like America's Got Talent you know Simon Cowell and things like that um you have different types of people that perform on stage that's like a variety show that's what that reminds me of And then I'm really interested in the Guild of Italian American Actors because Italians are fun. They're they're very vocal people. They're they're like New Yorkers, but they just have a, a really sexy accent when they're Italian, <laughs> and they typically really know how to cook. I have learned that because I dated an Italian years ago. Man, do they know how to cook? Wonderful, wonderful. But anyway, um, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, and that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye bye.
And I still hold the firm belief that we bought.